How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Go, let's go, baby. Good catch. Thank you, we'll Good go. Catch. We'll go, go. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yo, have you, have you noticed something a little different going on with, with QV? What? Nah. No, no. I will. Kind of. Come on, bring it in. Here we go. Here we go. All right, we're going to explode to gun, rubber, right, flip, zebra, stat, Y, drag, X, hook, line, and sinker. I'll tell you. F, trail, can. I move on without her, fellas. No. Sorry. 52, sprint jaw, easy. That's a lie. No one ever tells you it's going to be easy. All right, on two, on two. On our two-year anniversary, guys. Ready? Right, right. By a fart. What's going on, everyone? I'm Kyle Moore. Welcome back to Life's a Wreck. This is the podcast where we celebrate. Celebrate being the key word, a world more mental and destigmatize all things mental health through sharing stories and experiences and just sitting down and having a good old authentic chat. If you want more Life's a Wreck content and to watch a extended interview with today's guest, head on over to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Life's a Wreck Podcast. Very excited for the conversation today because it centers around a variety of topics, but there's an element of something I've been thinking about recently that, that plays a big role in my um, chat with our, our guest today, and that's been gratitude. And what's been playing on my mind has not just been gratitude in the good, um, gratitude in the things that are going well and, and giving thanks, which is important, 
but it's really been finding gratitude in the shortcomings and the missteps and the times that I've, I've fallen short and gratitude because it's from those times that when I look at my life, when I reflect on my life, and especially over the past couple of years, I've seen some of the growth that I'm most proud of as a person. I found that by acknowledging the things that have happened in my life, but through the lens of, wow, they've made me a person that I'm really, really happy with, a person that I'm proud of, it has just been a fantastic exercise in gratitude and something that's uh, really helped me um, navigate some some kind of difficult terrain recently. So that's been something that, uh, make sure to get your gratitude practices in everybody. But, um, and this theme of gratitude is a really, it's an underlying pulse of, of my conversation with uh, with today's guests. You know, the, the conversation surrounding failing forward, uh, failing to success, understanding the lessons that can be learned through turbulent times and appreciating the person that you become at every stage of, of your life and uh, reshaping identity and, and gratitude playing a role in all of it. I'm excited. I am grateful to introduce you to today's guest, Max Brown. In high school, Max was the number one football recruit in the entire United States. And some talking heads in the world of sports were even saying that this guy was going to be the next Peyton Manning. Uh, he was offered a full ride scholarship to USC at 14 years old and was considered to be a shoe in to one day play uh, in the big leagues to play in the NFL. His football journey was defined by patience and resilience, heartbreak and growth through failure as Max found himself in backup roles and then suffered a severe injury during his final season of college football. The same people who labeled him as the NFL's next golden boy turned their attention to terms like bust. Flash forward to today, Max is a commercial real estate agent, a college football analyst, and a content creator. His content ranges from some of the greatest, the Max Brown breakdown is straight up some of the best football content on Instagram. So listen, his his socials will be plugged at the end of the episode. Make sure to look this guy up on uh, social media if you're a football fan. Uh, also sharing tips on how to stay mentally healthy as an athlete and sharing a story about failing his way to success. Max is a fantastic guy, and his vulnerability and authenticity uh, is something that anyone, athlete or not, can aspire to. I am super stoked to share the chat with you today. Max, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? I appreciate that, man. I'm doing well. Honestly, I'm doing well. I, uh, it's funny being, a, being an athlete. I think uh, I, I view my life in seasons just for the way that mm. I grew up, right? It was football season, it was basketball season, it was baseball season, and then that was, you know, how the early part of my adult life was. And I feel like now that I'm in my late 20s, I still carry over that mindset. And I had a frustrating, frustrating call, call it Q1 of this year, mm. just work-wise and some of the wellness stuff and just getting in a rhythm. And, um, and I, I felt like Q2, I kind of bounced back and righted the ship with a lot of those dynamics. And so and now, obviously, we just started q3 or as some folks say the, the second half of the year yeah. you know trying to trying to level up on that and um feel like i'm in a good space mentally i've been working to uh get get back from like a, a workout routine and posting content consistently so in a yeah. rhythm with some a aspects of my life that i feel like i was not executing on in prior seasons and so mm. uh i'm doing good man appreciate it i love it man i i love to hear it speaking of the um yeah, creating content and uh, really kind of being forward facing with your story, your experiences, this journey that you've been on um, since like what, 17, 16? Like, where do you say like the story kind of like starts? The story starts uh, probably when I was like five years old. That's when my, yeah, football, okay. that's when my football, football journey starts. And that's obviously what you're alluding to in 16, 17, 18 is 
that's really when I started to produce content and really started to lean into this message of, you know, my story, which obviously mm. started when I was a little kid and my story, um, the, the, the peak of it is being the number one quarterback in the country coming out of high school in the class of 2013. And then the trials, tribulations and successes of, of that college journey for me. And then a lot of my brand now is um, life after football and life after yeah. quote unquote, not making it. And what does that look like and having to pivot in life and, um, the labels that you have to have to deal with and um, creating creating new identities and moving forward from certain aspects like that's my life now which uh, it's uh, a unique pillar there's not a lot of creators out there that I think are speaking to that message um, and it's been fun to to dive into that because it's my life it's my story yeah. so it's fulfilling it's it, it's it's really fulfilling kind of talking about that and people people pulling value from uh, from the story why did you decide to start telling the story? Like what, I mean, cause, cause that's the thing, right? Is it's like, it's so easy to just ride off into the sunset, be like, oh, whatever. Like, I, you know, I'm just going to kind of go do my own thing, flip that, you know, talk about seasons. I'm going to start this next season of my life and I don't need to bring people along with me. I can just go do my thing. So like, why tell the story? Why be so public and, and, uh, kind of bring everybody along. One side's tactical. The other side is more of just like a burning fire in my heart, so to speak. Um, the tactical side, when I graduated college and it was, or when I, when I moved on for football and it was like, all right, what are you going to do after football? I had an eye that, Hey, this whole content thing, like this isn't slowing down anytime soon. And this is pre TikTok, but this is, you know, 2016, that's where people like influencer was a term, but it had a heavy mm. negative connotation. It was not widely accepted like it is now. And I, I think I was very like, no, this is, this is a tremendous business opportunity just from the simple fact of building brands. So I'd be lying if I said that's not at least just one aspect of, of why I've leaned into it. But the other side is just the fulfillment lens. I think mm. uh, in my day to day, if I post a good piece of content and I have a valuable conversation in the DMs with a stranger, that's as fulfilling as, 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 as really anything in my life now. And it, it's cool to post that topic about, my football career and people, yeah. you know, pinging me or even six months down the road where it's, Hey man, haven't seen you in a few years, but I saw that video and that was really cool. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, there's a connection piece to it that, uh, you know, really lights me up. And, uh, the challenge for me, I I'd be lying if I sat here and said, Hey, I have the whole content thing figured out. I've, yeah. I always say, <laughs> I've always said I've been consistently inconsistent really over the last five years of, of posting, uh, posting content been better lately uh but now nice. it's on me just to keep keep rocking and rolling with it i love it man I, with this identity that comes with being an athlete and then you know i think that there's so many different um you know whether they be broadcast uh you know content creating teams or uh broadcast channels whatever it may be who are really starting to kind of really focus on this athlete storytelling creating like being in charge having agency over your own narrative um, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, why do you think it is that we find so many athletes almost needing to tell their own story because the labels that are put on them are so definitive. It's this idea of you are an athlete who didn't, you know, reach the top of the peak. So you are a failure. You as an individual are a failure. And then a lot of athletes we see kind of taking that narrative back and being like, shit didn't work out. Like, you know, it's, uh, you didn't get the promotion at your job, but you don't have, 50,000 people on social media being like, boo, you, you suck, you know? So it's like this very, you know, it's this very kind of unique perspective, um, on, on life. And I'm just kind of curious why you think we've seen this uptick in athlete centered, athlete controlled storytelling. 
I think it pulls from both buckets that I alluded to before in terms of like one, I think it's a tactical lens, right? There's a lot of athletes that have looked around and said, wait, I'm a better player than this guy. Yet that guy's got way a much larger audience. He's got way more Mm -hmm. brand deals. He's got bigger, bigger deals and he's making more money. And I think that, that that's, that's one component, especially with college athletes in the NIL space, name, image, and likeness and being able to be paid for your paid for your brand. If you look at the top 10, uh, NIL athletes, it is not correlated to how good you are on the field. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a, there's a portion of that, yeah, but it's yeah. not, it's not apples, uh, apples to apples. So I think that's a, that's a huge component, but I think you alluded to the other aspect too, of there's a, there's a huge community of athletes that don't want to be put in a bucket of just mm. being an athlete and want to yeah. be viewed as, even if it's, they want to be viewed as a gamer. I mean, I remember the OG, uh, maybe athlete influencer for some people was Juju Smith Schuster, who I played Absolutely. with in college. Yeah. And he, you know, he got his start um, in large part from the, the gaming space and, mm-hmm. you know, um, showing that that was a big aspect of his life. And then he's been able to do brand deals with that. And just, it, it's more than an athlete, that narrative that's been yeah. around sports a bunch. I think that's uh, it's a big driving factor for, uh, for athletes wanting to build brand on social. Yeah, huge shout out to Juju. I went to a, a conference recently, and he was doing a talk on uh, on kind of like life after athletics, and it was uh, it was really really cool to see. Um, I love to talk on this kind of because uh, one of the things that I think drew me so much to your content and kind of uh, who you are as a person has been your mindset. Because I mean, it's so easy to kind of like go through the trials and tribulations of sports, um, like you said, you number one QB in the country, and then you know just through circumstances like things just don't work out. Uh, in that particular channel uh, of life. Um, but yet kind of still continuing to like, I don't know, it seems like you it seems like you approach life with a really great mindset. I, I think uh, one of the things I heard along the way of, of kind of doing a little bit of research for this pod was this idea of like attack life. And I'd love if you could kind of explain like what that means to you. Attack life, yeah, a term that I've used a bunch over the years is just keep stacking days, like that mm. mentality of you know, just keep showing up, keep showing your showing up in your life for just for yourself, for your business, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it, I, I appreciate you saying that the mindset component, because I do get pushback on the mindset uh, in terms of a big yeah, message so? of, uh, yeah, a big message of mine is, you know, I'm, I'm a bust that, that, that is what it is. And people pound the, pound the drum saying, no, you're not Max. No, you're not. And if I'm not a bust, <laughs> then introduce me to the dude who is. And right. I, I think people, people hear the term failure that people hear the term fail. People hear the term bust and bust is obviously heavy. And I, I'm not, I'm not naive to that, but like, that's just the reality of where it is. When you're the ex, when you're the number one quarterback in the country projected to be the next X, Y, Z. And I didn't come remotely close to that. Like that's the reality. And I've found a lot of um, a lot of freedom in accepting that a lot of, uh, freedom and being accountable to that. And it doesn't have to be a death sentence. I think that's the, that's the big, the big missing piece of how I view it and how other people might, you know, push back on that mentality of, Hey, that was a chapter of my life that, um, I can still look back on all the successes in high school. Some of my best friends to this day are my high school buddies. I can still look back on the good pieces of college but i'd be i'd be lying if i sat here and said college was this great time football wise that's not the Mm. case and that's okay that's okay i think um a lot of people push back on well you're so lucky to be at sc and yes you can have both i can be lucky and blessed to have that opportunity at sc i met my wife there that was amazing 
but it also sucked in many, in many components. And that's okay too. And so I think this mindset of it not having to be like, oh, I'm raising the white flag on my entire life as a result of um, a chapter of my football chapter, yeah. I, I push back on that. Um, and I hope that my content and messaging shows people that, hey, me at 28 is a different, uh, you know, I'm in a different place. I would like to think I'm relatively the same dude me mentally, mm -hmm. but in a different place than where I was at at 23, than where I was at at 18. And the different chapters in life, you can just roll with the punches and pivot accordingly. And uh, that's how I'm wired. I, mm. I get where people push back. And I know people are always their their hearts in the right spot. But it doesn't relate to me in many regards. And uh, it's been cool, because I know there's other people out there that are that that approach their life in a, in a similar similar manner. How would you say that your identity changed from, you know, 17? And, and were, did you identify as a football player? Like, was that a, a kind of a key component of like who Max Brown was is like, I play football? 100% dude, 100%. Yeah. And it's funny, I actually went to uh, the premiere of Netflix's new quarterback doc that uh, how, how went, was it? Went, I, I'm excited to see it. It's sweet, dude. It's cool, sweet. Nice. Any, any, any football fan like that's going to spark the football bug for uh, 2023 and the season ahead for them. But Love even it. if you're not a football fan, like, it's it's cool i mean it's the most important position in sports and it's the most uh scrutinized position at least uh in our country in sports and so to get an inside lens in that i mean it was it was sweet but i, I bring up that point because it reminded me of what felt like a different lifetime ago like i was mm. i was quarterback max from five to 24 right if you said right. my name to most people that knew me or I would say almost, I mean, yeah, most people that knew me, it was quarterback. That's yeah. the guy that plays quarterback, whether it was at my high school and in my hometown or, or at USC. But then I'm five years removed now. And that's just not front of front and center of my life. I mean, I have mm -hmm. jerseys and helmets and, 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 and footballs and whatnot. So I'm always yeah, reminded yeah. of it, but I don't wake up of how can I become a better quarterback today? It's not my right. mentality. And it's trippy watching that doc. Cause um, a lot of their day to day is what I, I wasn't in the NFL, but I lived mm -hmm. that in the college scene. I lived that in the uh, high school scene, and that was my identity. And yeah. now it's just not, which is okay. I, I'd be lying if I said, like, there's part of me that's like, man, I miss those days. And man, yeah, like, it would have been cool to do X, Y, Z. But I also sit there and, like, I'm proud of the post-football life that I've built and the fact that there's a lot of people that – um, and I've really noticed it this past year. There's a lot of people that see my content. And when I post football stuff, they're like, wait, what? Like, and it, my wife has a large social media following. So there's some of that of like, wait, what? You're Vic's husband. Like, what? You were a quarterback. Right, and it's almost, right. I almost chuckle because it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, once upon a time, like that was uh, front and center for everyone. Yeah. Oh, back in the glory days. Yeah. You know, I used to chuck it around the yard a little bit. The classic one liner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because you had this like strong kind of tie to sports as an identity, um, I, I really find, and this is something that was it kind of a key you talk about chapters and, and seasons in life there was definitely a season in my own life recently that was very much defined versus fail versus like a failure as an identity versus like a, just a failure as a, like a lesson and so because of the fact that you had this strong identity to football when that didn't work when that when there was like a failure there did it feel like you as an individual were a failure or has your mindset always been that like failing is just a part of the whole experience it's just a learning experience i got to move on one to the next to me it's you know two pieces of a pie and over the years that that dynamics kind of shifted or how that how that pie is segmented is 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 shifted like when i got benched at usc 
I would say the majority of that pie, I did feel like a failure. Like that's just yeah. the reality of where it was when it was raw and when it was fresh. But then that's where I think grittiness comes into play, right? Can you, can you dig in? Can you dig your heels mm. in and can you carve, like get out of that? Like for me, I visit, I, I work, you know, you don't have to do that alone. You can do that with support systems. And I, I visited a, a sports psychologist because I had the awareness that, hey, I was quarterback Max. And when quarterback right. Max didn't work and a lot of criticism, both publicly and behind closed doors, like, of course, that's going to like, you're going to, your identity is going to feel like a failure in that one, you know, maybe season of life to kind of bring yeah. that, that full circle. So I think I, I do want to be, you know, I, I, like honest in that regard. But then as the, as the months go on, as the years go on and you step back a little bit, then that, that then 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 where that's where it comes a, a lesson and it becomes an experience and I think you have a choice to make right there. Are you going to just you know have that be your 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 one moment of your life and it's all mm -hmm. I was a failure and here we go and right. at every at every family dinner you're always talking about how much you got screwed and all those things. Mm. Like I, I know a lot of guys like that. Or are you going to say you know this is this is part of my journey and what can I learn from this and can it give me more perspective? I think. For me, my football journey has given me a lot of, like I said, freedom. It's given me a lot of risk tolerance to, to mm. pursue things in my career because I've shown myself that, hey, when I fail in the biggest way, at least for me, quarter, uh, football not working out, that I can pivot, that I can get through that. And uh, I'll find a way. It might not be perfect. It might not be easy, but I'll find a way to keep going. And um, so I, I think there's, there's bits and pieces to that, but especially early on when it's raw um those are the difficult times i think that's where you got to be gritty to, to to have the awareness of hey what what, what can i turn to to get help and uh you know if you're uh if, if you're a dude that you know is really uh really wanting to uh, attack life and and, mm -hmm. and and accomplish something i think uh you got it you got to look at it as a, as, as a lesson and experience mm -hmm. speaking of support systems one of the things I think can be most difficult is seeing how a personal experience affects the people around you where it's like, Hey, I'm okay. I'm good. I can handle this. I can shoulder this load. I can keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep going. But then when people love you, there's this kind of almost instinct to be like, I want to shelter you from this hurt, this, this pain and, and all of the, the shit that's going on around you. And I'm just kind of curious, like while you were going through these really trying times, I mean, you know, I'm sure, uh, I don't, I don't feel like you get to that that point of football success without a good support system. And I'm kind of curious, like how your support systems handled the experiences that you went through throughout university and into, um, you know, your, your young twenties. It's a really good question, man. And I, I've been asked variations of that, but the way you prefaced it, I think is, is really insightful because for me, I always look back and I, I was really fortunate. My, my parents and my brother's, they never really got caught up in the mm -hmm. football hoopla of kind of where I was at. Like they never really bought into this number one quarterback in the country. My shit doesn't stink. Like I'm untouchable. <laughs> they, they never bought into that. And that's yeah, yeah. rare. If, if you're if, for your listeners, I would say the majority of quarterback parents and families buy into that. And I get it. It's a fun time, right? When you're a big time recruit and every coach is coming into your living room saying you're the next best thing. Right. It's not even not even like they're bad people or anything. It's just easy to buy into that. I mean, I, you see it all the time with top level athletes is, you know, their parents get involved and then um, it becomes part of the parents identity it becomes part yeah. of the family's identity. And then when it doesn't work out, that's where that relationship gets strained, right? If you're mm -hmm. a high level athlete 
and you're used to playing well in high school, and then you come home and your parents are saying how good you are, boom, 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 boom. My parents never did that. My dad was the guy that's, that kind of awesome. sat. Yeah, yeah. My guy was my dad was the guy that sat in like the corner of the stands, not because he didn't care. He was the first guy into the stadium, but he never really bought into that little the the, the ego um, that that can that can fall into parents in uh, in sports. And so mm-hmm. when things were going great, at times it was you know I think some parents were like Mac, like Mike, you're really low key, like all, all that type of stuff. But then when things didn't go well my relationship with my parents didn't, didn't change, um, which was a blessing. And I think helped me get through those difficult times. And same with my, uh, same with my friends, for sure. I mean, my friends, it was uh, for my, my close knit circle. I, I was not quarterback max first. I was their buddy max. And I think when football didn't work out, my relationship with them didn't change. And that was great too. And then with my wife who at the time was my girlfriend during football, um, similar deal. And I also think it was interesting, mm-hmm. like, she wasn't there when I had football success, which we always kind of joke about now. And so um, she obviously understands the magnitude and her brother played high level athletics. So, you know, she certainly understands it, but our relationship, you know, she almost doesn't know what that feels like. So there was no right. basis of comparison for what that, uh, what that, Hey, top of the top looked like and felt mm-hmm. like. So in that regard, I didn't, it, there wasn't a huge, um adjustment or swing back and forth which made the transition a little bit easier and super blessed to have an awesome uh, supporting cast around me do you have any advice for a young athlete who is trying to find those people because that's not that's not easy like it's so like you said it's so easy to get caught up i mean like i can't lie to you man when you're talking about this stuff like that that baby gronk which has like been so in the news lately that shit was popping into my head being like you know, this identity and like you need to succeed to like feed my own ego kind of thing from a parent's perspective like I feel like it's kind of easy to buy into the, the, you want to ride the hype train with this person. This person's the conductor. They're the front, you know, car, but you're trying to hop on the caboose and ride this as far as you can. It's going to get you into the clubs. It's going to meet, you're going to meet great people. Oh my God. Oh, it's going to open up all these doors. Like, what would you say to a young athlete to be like, Hey, this is, you know, a good way to almost like, here's a good filter for the people in your life to see if they're actually there for you as an individual. Yeah, the parents thing is tough because yeah. I mean to to feel like I mean the baby Gronk stuff makes me, you know. And listen, the last and, thing yeah. I thought that we were going to talk about on this podcast yeah. is fucking baby Gronk, but I mean here we are. Here we are. Um, that one's tough, and I mean, yeah. I, I think it, I'd be naive to say that all oh, like you just like cut off your parents or have that yeah, right, push back course. on your parents. That's difficult, but I, I would think as as you get older and. To play high-level sports, you have to have some sort of awareness and you have to take ownership of your career and your team and who you're um, being invested with. As you get into six, like 17, 18, 19, 16, 17, 18, 19, I, w- I would argue that most athletes have that internal compass of, you know, who do I need to be around? And at that point, when you're starting to bring in maybe sports psychologists or private mm-hmm. coaches or high school coaches or college coaches, lean into the people that you have, you know, your, your, your gut saying, Hey, this guy's dialed. This guy's right. We all know the people that are a little bit sneezy, trying to make a buck, trying to get internal, trying to, you know, we, we know when it's a little bit corny or a little bit off. And I would, right. I, I would push athletes to say at a certain point, you got to take ownership of your career. And at a certain point, you're the man in the arena where it's not baby Gronk's dad. And it's gotta yeah. be you um, saying, Hey, I don't like this coach or, Hey, mm. I'm in this saddle and this coach isn't, isn't doing something for me or, Hey, I need this help. Um, lean into the external resources that I think are much more prevalent now than they were 
a decade ago. And especially with the access on social media, right? It takes one DM to reach out to a coach and say, Hey, can I get your two cents here and there? And I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying that, uh, you know, at a certain point, if you're really going to be a high level athlete, you got to take ownership of your career. And I think with that comes, uh, maybe having difficult conversations with your parents, which might be uncomfortable, but I'd be willing to bet if baby Gronk was 17 or 18 and he had a grown up conversation with his dad, that it's, 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 it's getting out of control with this or, Hey dad, I respect how you're doing this, but this is how I see it. That if baby Gronk's dad really wanted him (laughs) to be a elite level quarterback or he plays tight end, obviously, like, I think he would respect that um, when it's all said and done. What, uh, what experience I, you know, this is a bit of a backtrack, but I mean, you go through all of these experiences. It's your life. You know, you're playing football. You, you, I mean, I'm going to guess you wanted to play in the league. I'm just going to go out on a, on a bit of a limb. Um, you know, you go through all of this shit, man. And like, it's your life. It's tough, right? Like, you know, you work so, and I, and I've listened to, to podcasts and I, um, I've seen some interviews that you've done and like, it's hard objectively, like all the work that you put in, like, I mean, it seems like you got a good work ethic. Christ. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen some of the stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's apparent that you're a hard worker. And I mean, you go through all of this stuff and then, you know, the hurt that comes with things not going exactly kind of like how you want it to, or you work so hard to achieve this goal and the goal just, you know, continues to be elusive. Um, you know, along this kind of healing process that comes with, redefining who I am, flipping the page, writing this new chapter, who like I am in control of like my narrative. Was there an experience or words or person um, or just thing that brought you the most personal healing along the past? Like, let's say like five, six, seven years. Right. When you say that question, the guy that sticks out is Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. Um, For those that don't follow him, um, I would say you might be living under a little bit of a rock. Is that too extreme? I don't know. He's got. Like I, I don't followers. think so. I mean, this guy's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, this guy's everywhere. Um, but for those that don't know, uh, a great follow on Instagram. Super cutting edge with both business thoughts and um, the reason that he's my answer to this question is he at the time was the only guy, or he at the and call it 2017, 2018. The blunt, the harsh mm. reality of accepting where you're at. A little bit. He's a little bit cutthroat in terms of. Uh, he's not like some of the hardo Navy SEAL guys that you might listen to on YouTube. That it's you know that's a whole different element. Gary's a little bit in the middle ground of he's blunt, he's brutally honest, but he delivers it in a way that is um, inspiring, encouraging. It's matter of fact. It's taking accountability. And um, when I was transitioning, or I was re- I got hurt my last year in college and yeah. spent about a year and a half training to try to get in the NFL. And then I actually worked for Gary V, which is a big reason why this is the answer to my question all of 2019. And his content just really struck a chord with me of, you know, putting in the work, the um, uh, looking at your life through a, 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 a longer lens, a wider lens. Um, and just a lot of his messages about just how he approaches his life and how he approaches his failures and embraces mm-hmm. his failures. That really struck a chord with me in a time where everyone was telling me kind of the opposite, right? Like, Oh, Max, you had it like had a great run or oh, Max, like look back on your high school career. Like you had a, had a lot of success and that just net, I, I appreciated that people's heart were in a good spot, but it just did not relate to me. And at the time Gary's content did, it was an absolute pleasure working for him. And that whole period in late 2018, 2019, 
um, where I was still frustrated with how my football career ended. Um, there might be even a little bit of bitterness towards the game mm. of football at that time. Um, that really helped me get going down a healthy path into 2020 and then into the life that I've, uh, that I've built now. Was there any specific advice that like really stuck with you? Like you kind of remember word for word or a general kind of theme that just has stuck with you from that time? The general theme of seeking out failures and accept your mm. failures and, uh, his, his term about like, I love losing, which sounds ridiculous. And I know in, in a, just hearing that term, it's ridiculous. But when you understand the scope of it, what he's saying is when you lose, it gives you lessons. It gives you learnings. It gives you uh, scar tissue. And that mentality, I think if you leverage that accordingly, it can be really valuable for the rest of your life. And I've felt that. I've felt that of, uh, you know, the failures in my football career. You know, you don't get bogged down with the little stuff as much, right? I mentioned it earlier. I'm able to take maybe greater risk. I'm, I'm willing to put myself out there. My, my day-to-day job is a 100% commission job. I don't know if I would have done that with, uh, with that without my football fa- failures. Some of his, his overall view on perspective, right? Yeah. He, he's saying, you know, I'm, he's, I think he's 48 now, and he always says, man, I'm just getting going. And yeah. he's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that says, man, you're crazy. 48, I'm, I'm, I'm retiring in 12 years. Gary's saying, no, I got another 40, 40 year window with health, maybe 50 year window. It's like to make plays and keep pushing. And that just overall thought process is uh, how I'm hoping to, to live my life as well. If Gary uh, buys the Jets, you're going to go uh, work on the coaching staff? Hey, give me in the front office. The coaching <laughs> life's too gnarly for me. Coaching life's too gnarly for me. Hey, I hope he does it. That's, uh, that's how I got the job, funny enough. So I'm buddies with Sam Darnold and, uh, yeah, Obviously, yeah. when Sam when Sam was the uh, the first round pick for the Jets, that was my end with Gary, and uh, never looked back. It's amazing, man. Very cool. Uh, it, it, what's like, uh, you know, are, are there any kind of moments? And I, this is like, I, I just, I think that when a conversation gets too, what have you learned? What are the lessons? I'm always like really kind of curious to know, like, what are the what are like the best times that like stand out from like you know your your playing days or or growing up, like. Just are there like, what's that? What are some of the memories that you have that you're just like, fuck, like that's, that's something that through all of the ups and downs, nobody can ever take away from me is like how I felt in this moment. There's two that stick out. Um, my senior year of high school, when I won the state championship, I went to a, and it's like classic, like talking about high school and all that. But I say this, <laughs> I, I say that through the lens of, I was the number one quarterback in the country. It was a five-star recruit, could have gone to college, knew where I wanted, but I went to a public high school and I won state with my childhood friends that I've known since third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, like yeah. way back when. And nowadays all the top quarterbacks, I feel like go to private schools and it's, it's, a, it's a little bit more of a, a business earlier on. And to win state, to look back on that field, that was my dream since I was like five years old. And before I even knew what kind of prayer was all about, I remember my like one prayer was like my senior year of high school, please help me win state. Like all that type of stuff. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the, the myth the mission and the dream. And at that moment to look back on the field with your best high school friends and feel like you've accomplished like the childhood literally dream. And I always say I had a fairy, uh, fairy tale childhood. It was kind of encapsulated in that moment. And then to also at that time, know what I had ahead of me at that time, Lane Kiffin, who was my, my head coach was at that game. Um, and just, you're, you're thinking that, Hey, this is going to be amazing, right? You're going to ride off into the sunset. And this is the mission and the path that, uh, you know, lights me up. That was a special, special feeling. And then another one that sticks out, which is the to- totally opposite, is um, when I um, 
I guess there's a few kind of parlays here, but when I got named starter at USC, um, that meeting with, with Clay Helton, I, I'd been through a lot. I'd been there for four years. Um, and I had won some awards along the way that play into this of, um, there was like a Navy SEAL workout that I remember I was the backup quarterback that got invited to, and I like dominated it, which sounds like Max, like, why are you talking about that? But like at the time I was not in a great place. And that mm-hmm. workout really proved to myself that like, Hey, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's not going to be because I didn't show up and it's not going to be because I didn't work. I didn't work hard. And I think mm-hmm. that that moment really stuck into me. And when I got named the starter, I looked back on a moment like that. I looked back on a moment of getting weightlifter of the year as a, as a red shirt freshman. We're like, those are little moments along the way where you really get an internal sense that like, Hey, the media can say this and you can put me in an article, say I'm one of the biggest busts of the, yeah, the, de- yeah, yeah. the 2010s and all that. But like, I know my teammates know, and my coaches know that that moment. And it really, all that hard work was paid off when I was named starter and captain in August of 2016 at SC, which was a, uh, a special thing. And I look back on that with a lot of, uh, a lot of pride. Cause even though my mm-hmm. career didn't work out though, those moments are the ones where I kind of, um, the, the proverbial kind of tip the cap to myself a right. little bit about the, uh, the process and how I handle things. And I, I, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pride in that for sure. Yeah. And that's beautiful, man. Right. Like you look back on those and you go, I worked like really hard. And I feel like there's something so beautiful about being able to like, look back at the point in your life and being like, I mean, hell I'll use a, a podcasting example. You know, this is, I've been doing this for four years. This podcast has been a huge part of my life. Uh, it, it's something that like came into my life at a time where my mental health wasn't in a good place. And now my mental health is in a great place. And this podcast is like a huge point of that. And it's so fun to like look back and say like, this podcast isn't a top 10 podcast. It's not a top 50 podcast in the world or anything like that. But to look back on some of the times and be like, I didn't have to work that hard. I didn't have to put the time in. I didn't have to do these things, but I did. And I'm really proud of that period of my life. It's a really like, it's very fulfilling when you look forward and you go, I know how much work I put in to make this thing that I cared about happen. And like, regardless if it happens or not, I I, I fucking, I put the work in. It's great. What was the hardest Time, uh, time period for you there like was it the first month staying consistent was it year three when it might have been a lull or how do you view that so i'll it's a bit of a long story we got a, we got a couple more minutes and then uh, i, I want to transition into uh, a couple kind of like wrap-up questions that i, I released to our, our patreon subscribers just kind of a, a fun little wrap-up chat um so i the first little bit that i was working on it it was, I, I kind of was in this place in my life where like, you know, and not, not to, not to kind of go down any kind of uh, rabbit holes. I was in a really bad place in my life. It was, uh, my mental health was in, uh, it was in shambles. I didn't really look forward with much of a future. I just kind of thought like I, this is every, on the day to day, it kind of hurt. And so I actually had something that was kind of like bringing me joy on the day to day. So at first the podcast was like super easy. I would say about three years into the podcast is when it really kind of became a bit of a, a, a slug, like where you're like dragging it through the mud where I had, there was a bunch of opportunities. I'm 24 now. There was a bunch of opportunities in my life that were, that were kind of coming up. And one of the opportunities that came up was to participate on a reality TV show up in Canada and, uh, and you know, where I'm from. And this thing, like this thing was on my radar for a year. I like worked out specifically for this thing. I was doing a bunch of like, I was like very dedicated to like pursuing this opportunity, thinking that like, once I got off this thing and had this public exposure, the podcast will take off, it'll take care of itself. And I'll be in this upper stratosphere of podcasting where like, I put it on easy street. I just focus on getting like the best possible guests I can. I don't have to worry about anything else. And then I go and I do this thing 
and uh, and I was out like four weeks, one of the worst players in Big Brother history, crashed and burned on the flight home, sitting there being like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and I, and I, get, I get home and this year of just like putting all of this, I have to prep, I have to prepare, I've got to put all this pressure, I have to be successful at this thing because I care about it so much. And, uh, and all of a sudden I'm back and I'm sitting in front of my podcast mic and I'm like, I want to fucking do this right now. Like I don't, I'm already dealing with so many other things, getting the, getting the, the hate, getting all the threat, my family being super affected by, uh, by the, the hate that was coming my way. And I was like, there's so much going on. And to make a podcast was grueling. I went like five or six months without putting a single podcast out because every time I sat in front of the mic or put in it, like I, I'm not going to lie, man, there was a few times where like I reached out to interviewees. And the day of the podcast, I can't, I, I'm super sick. I can't make it just because I just didn't have the capacity to like be in a vulnerable state and, and open up and have like a exchanging of thoughts. And so during that period, that was the time where it was really like, it truly felt like getting back into that groove was like fucking putting the work boots on, putting the, you know, putting the backpack on and like putting my head down and being like one day at a time. All right. One interview at a time, one, like one conversation, press the button, hit record, whatever comes out, comes out. Let's just get back into our groove. That was when it really, that three to four year, that was tough. That was, uh, that was not fun. Good on you. I mean, for, for me, like, you know, I relate to that in terms of like my social content of like, I'll take lapses of not doing anything and it's hard to ramp back up. So good on it you is, for, yeah. uh, for ramping back up and also probably, I mean, hopefully you're being, that's, that's the challenge for me is always being kind to myself and not being yeah. like, gosh, dang it. I missed an opportunity with those five months. I didn't post like, you know, that was, I missed, missed the momentum there, but it's like, yeah, no, that's yeah, life. Yeah. Like it's totally natural that you had that, uh, you know, big brother, uh, like <laughs> your emotions. They're like, anyone would be that. If you weren't that way, then you'd be like a robot and that's not good either. <laughs> right. No. And it's actually funny when you mentioned Gary Vee, a lot of Gary Vee stuff and that, that clicked for me as well. It was like, you know, I'm just getting going. I'm just going to, I'm like, okay, I'm all right. It's, it's fine. I know I don't have to be like, it doesn't have to be every, you know, week, whatever. Like I can take this time, take care of myself, get my mentals right. And then get back at it. Um, all right, man. The last question I want to ask you before, and I appreciate the question. It's, uh, it's, it's really nice. Um, the last question, I just kind of like, a general message for athletes, young athletes who are listening to this podcast, um, a lot of the uh, uh, young men who listen to this podcast, which I'm, I'm fortunate to have a great male listenership for a mental health podcast. Um, you know, so many of them are kind of like that high school, early university age. Some of them are high level athletes. Is there any kind of like last message that you would leave for somebody who is maybe in a similar circumstance that you might have been at 15, 16, 17, and a message that maybe you wish you had known that now you can pass on to them? Yeah. Um... I would say keep it fun forever. Mm. Not as long as you can keep it fun forever. And it's so like cliche, but I think it's, 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 it's important for a guy like, like myself where things didn't work out to really hammer that home. And even if you're a 13 year old and your dad's like, you know, annoying you about, uh, you know, the going training and all that, find a way to keep it fun. It, even if that's, you know, I see a lot of young athletes, if they're doing football year round, that's where it doesn't become fun. So maybe you pick up another sport, maybe you have a different pursuit. And I promise you, you're not going to miss out if you take a three month, four month hiatus and play basketball or golf or whatever, and then come back with new energy in your sport. Even if it's later on, like for me, I look back at my college career and this is where I struggled. I struggled to keep it fun. It was so intense for me. Um, and I look back with, with, with some compassion for myself on that because, I mean, it was USC football. It was the highest stakes. But the guys that I played with that had the most success, I look at a Sam Darnold. I look at a Juju Smith-Schuster. I look at a Leonard Williams, who's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. 
those guys kept it fun first. Those were not the guys that were pounding their head against the, the pavement every single day. They were the guys that, uh, I mean, Juju and Leonard, like, you know, they were, they were goofing around a little bit, but that's because <laughs> of that's, that's why, um, that, that's why they had success. I firmly mm -hmm. believe that is they, they didn't tap into this just heaviness in the weight of the sport. And so, um, if you're a guy that's listening to that and say, Max, like, I relate to your mindset more. I'm intense. I really want this. I'm not necessarily Leonard or Juju. I would push you to, 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 to talk to someone, you know, talk to a sports psychologist if you can to try to unlock maybe those moments in your workout or your practice routine where you're adding more weight to your, to your training and your practices of, and, and, and try to utilize some strategies to strategies to, to not get going down the path. Cause there are tactical ways that I think you can, uh, um, intentionally not put yourself in those weight of, weight of the world on my shoulders that uh, I think would have freed me up, especially early on in my career. Wouldn't have put as much pressure on myself. Would have had more fun, for sure, which is uh, not only more enjoyable, but I would pound the pavement to say that you'll, you'll play better as a result uh, as well. I'm not sure what's next for Max, but man, like I'm, I'm telling you, the way that he thinks... That, that willingness to do the deep work, his passionate character. Like he's just got that, um, he's got that just like thing, you know, uh, talking to him was such a, you know, such a fantastic experience, sharing in that moment in that space together, celebrating the things that make us us. Um, the way he talks about that, the way he articulates all that, that's just special. And I've spent enough time around athletes through, you know, my degree and the pod and then enough entrepreneurs through my work um, that like some people just, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where you think about the fact you go, I don't know what this person's going to do, but I bet you they're going to do it. And I just, Max has that thing. So it was super cool to be able to sit down with them and chop it up. Uh, if you want to check out the rest of our conversation, you can watch the exclusive extended interview over on our YouTube channel, which will be linked in the description and make sure to follow Max on Instagram at Max Brown. Remember I mentioned the Max down breakdowns. You got to go, got to go show the guys some love. So on Instagram at Max Brown uh, and while you're there, check us out at Life's Work Podcast. I hope that this chat inspires you to continue to celebrate yourself, your experiences, the world of mental health, and start some conversations in your own life about the beautiful Rex that we all are. And remember that the whole point of celebrating the fact that we are Rex, that embracing that life is a wreck, it is embracing our flawed self. We are being unashamed to fail and try again to find perfection in the imperfection and not pass up a chance to grow it is an opportunity to be whole, to be us. And what more could you ever want than that? Just remember that through all of it, the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the good days and the bad days, that life's a wreck. And I will see you in a few weeks. Zarek.